Good morning, Fraser Lands Church. My name is Christine, and I wanted to extend a warm welcome to everyone who is attending this service, both in person and online. We especially want to welcome you if you're joining us for the first time or if you're new to our church. If you're interested in getting connected, we encourage you to scan the QR code and fill out the digital connect form, which is located both in the foyer and on our website. Before we begin our service, let's spend some time to stand up and greet one another in the Lord. There are a few announcements for today. Parish Summit is online from 3 to 4 p.m. today on Zoom. Please join our church this afternoon in praying for our community and our neighborhood. Baby dedication is February 20th, 2022, which is also Family Day weekend. If you're interested in dedicating your baby, please contact Pastor Josh or Pastor Ben. Donation summaries for 2021. If you would like to check your donation summary, um, please contact Jacqueline at Jacqueline at Fraserlands.ca by January 31st. Donation receipts will be sent by email in mid-February. If there's a change in your personal information, such as your home address or email, please contact Jacqueline again through email. Um, if you do not have an email address, we will either mail it to you or you can pick it up from the church. Please again, arrange this with a Jacqueline. Lastly, we will be praying for offering shortly. We are no longer using bags to collect offering, so if you have brought your offering, please place it in the offering box at the back of the sanctuary as you enter or exit. You may also use the alternate ways to give as posted on our website and on the slide. If you are a guest with us, please do not feel obligated to give. We are just so happy that you are here with us today. Those are all of our announcements. Let us pray and uplift our time to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you as you are our creator, our mighty fortress, and our refuge in times of trouble. We acknowledge that you alone are worthy of all glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and through you all creation has its being. You are the source upon which we are able to renew our strength when we are weary. We thank you for continuing to work in our congregation, both online and in person, and blessing us with the resources to worship you as one body. We trust in your sovereign plan for your church and our community and open our hearts for your will for our lives. Lord, as we come to you in worship, we also want to acknowledge that we are imperfect people and sinners in need of your grace. We have all fallen short of your glory and confess that we have sinned in our thoughts and actions. We pray that you will convict us of our sins and bring to mind the ways we have may sinned against you, both through the unkind things we have done and in our inaction in obeying what you have commanded us to do. We confess that we have grieved you through not loving you with our whole heart and soul and strength or loving our neighbors as ourselves. We wish to spend some time to confess these sins before you. Lord, we thank you because if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We know that through Jesus, your son, that anyone who sins has an advocate with God. We recognize that it is through the cross and the sacrifice of your son alone that we receive redemption and forgiveness. You are gracious and, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in love. We pray that in the same way that we have received your forgiveness, we are also able to forgive those who have wronged us and extend mercy and grace towards them. 
At this time, Father, we would like to continue to uplift those who are sick with COVID-19 in our church and our community. We pray for your mercy, healing, and full recovery for these individuals. We also commit to you the worries associated with families returning to school and extracurricular activities, the loneliness that people may be experiencing from social distancing, and the continued stress of frontline workers. We know that you are the source of all comfort and peace in times of fatigue and difficulty. We would also like to commit to you the tension between Ukraine and Russia and the threats of possible invasion. Lord, we pray for your wisdom for the world leaders and politicians involved in deciding how to move forward in ways that promote peace and not conflict. We pray for your comfort and for the citizens of both countries in the time of uncertainty. We know that you are above and beyond all things. As we continue to worship through giving, Father, we recognize that every good and perfect gift is from above. We acknowledge that everything we have is from you, our provider and our sustainer. We give today as a humble response of your goodness and faithfulness to us. Help us to give with a cheerful heart, for you love a cheerful giver. We pray that you will multiply what we are giving for the furtherance of your kingdom and for your will, not our own. In your precious name we pray, amen. For our call to worship this morning, I would like to invite everyone to stand and read together from Psalms 145, verse 1 to 3. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I will now pass the time over to the worship team to lead us in a time of singing and praise to the Lord. Worship the Lord together today. And lift up our praise.
like to invite you to take a posture of surrender at home. If you're with us here, it could be sitting on the bar, um, kneeling on the floor, putting your arms up. Just a posture of surrender. And as we sing this new song, or this next song, um, God, I just invite you to bring up to us what you'd like us to give you, what you'd like us to hand over to you and surrender to you.
Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. Please feel free to follow along on the slides or with your Bibles. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy, but where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If the eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed as one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Christine, for reading scripture to us, and thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Well, good morning, Fraser Lands Church. Hope you're doing well, as well as you could be anyways. You know, as we begin a, a new year, I don't know about you, but I usually like to take stock of where things are at, where my life is at, so that I can make adjustments, so that I can make resolutions, so that I can make changes to my course in life, so that I'm heading in the right direction. Now, part of this has to do with making good choices. We all need to make choices in life, don't we? We choose between this and that all the time. We choose whether it's to study um, this field or to choose another career. Whether it's to go to this university or to go out of town to study. Whether it's to ask this person out on a date or to date someone else. Whether it's to choose to marry or to remain single. Whether it's to choose to uh, live in a condo or to live in a house, to buy or to rent. To stay in your present job or to look for a new one. To drive a gas-powered car or an EV. To keep on working until you're 65 or to retire early and do something else. Now, these are choices that we're confronted with in life. Now, as disciples of Jesus, who desire to follow God in our daily journey through life, we also need to make choices. In the passage I was just read, we are faced with competing choices. We need to make these every day of our lives, choosing between two treasures, choosing between two visions of life, choosing between two masters, and choosing between two lifestyles. First, two treasures, earthly or heavenly. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So from this text of scripture that we're looking at today, let me first clarify that there's nothing wrong with storing up treasures for ourselves. Jesus never said, do not store up treasures for yourself. Rather, he said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So there's nothing wrong with storing up treasures for ourselves, but it's where we're storing up our treasures that Jesus is talking about here. Now, why do we store up and accumulate things and, and treasures in the first place? Is it because we want security? Is it because we want to know that we're taken care of or to have a sense of achievement and accomplishment in our lives? But if we were to put our hope in treasures on earth, they actually, they're actually insecure and will cause us to feel and to 
be insecure because we'll always be thinking of how we can protect it, how we can keep it from being stolen or swindled from us, how we can preserve it, or even how we can take it with us when we die. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, what do these things represent anyways? Odell Bruner, in his commentary on this, says that the moth represents nature's corrosion. Rust represents time's corrosion. And the thief represents humanity's corrosion. All things on earth corrode. So instead of storing up valuable possessions in this life that's bound to corrode, Jesus says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, we will center our lives. We will center our hearts around that which we value most in life. In speaking to the rich young man who was very wealthy, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Here, Jesus equates selling possessions and, and giving to the needy as treasure in heaven. In other words, treasure in heaven is living life, living our lives with open hearts and, and open hands. Open hearts means that we have a heart that God has for people, for the poor, for the weak, for the marginalized, for orphans and widows. Open hands means we live with a, a loose grip mentality. We're not holding on to things too tightly so that our earthly goods are not just used for our own enjoyment, our own pleasure, our own contentment, but they're used to make an impact on those who are less fortunate for the sake of Christ. We store up treasure in heaven by seeking the kingdom of God through serving others. Investing our money that bring about peace, justice, righteousness, mercy, compassion, and the respect and dignity of every person. And investing our resources and passion for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of people's souls and their eternities. We can do so by building generosity into our budget. That is, we leave room in our personal annual budget to give to others as the Spirit directs us to give. Giving our time and effort to volunteer and help others. Having a garage sale or a crafts fair and giving away the proceeds to others. You see, we must make a choice between competing treasures. Investing ourselves in another world so that uh, they're not affected by the effects and corrosion of nature, by the effects and corrosion of time, by the effects and corrosion of humanity, so that our joy, our happiness, is not dependent on what we have or what we do not have. 
and our hearts do not go up and down with the stock market. You see, the moment we give it away, the moment we give things away and into God's hand, moths and rust and thieves cannot steal it from us. So are we building up earthly treasure for ourselves? Are we building up treasures in heaven? What do we live for and love more? Earthly goods or heavenly treasures? Second, a choice between two visions of life, greed or generosity. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 to 23, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What is Jesus referring to here? Oh, he's referring to a single-mindedness versus a double-mindedness in pursuing the values of the kingdom of God. Jesus continues this theme of treasure by speaking of the eye as a lamp that illuminates a person's inner life, the conduit to the inner person. The healthy eye represents a generous person, or it can represent a singleness of purpose and undivided loyalty. When our eyes focus on something of value, they become the conduit that fills the heart. If the eyes are healthy, they allow the heart to be filled with the light and desire for God's treasure. But if the eyes are unhealthy, if they're fixed on worldly desires and other gods, then our hearts will be full of darkness. The unhealthy eye is the eye that's greedy and enviously covets what belongs to others, allowing other masters other than God to be the goal in life. Proverbs 4 verse 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. For those of you who are old enough, <laughs> the line from the 1980s movie, Wall Street, um, in which Michael Douglas plays uh, Gordon Gekko, a wealthy, unscrupulous corporate raider, says that greed, for, bad, for lack of a better word, is good. Uh, it's actually not good. Someone said that if the eye is not clear on this matter of money and property, the whole of one's life is perverted. Following the Lord means that there will be fundamental lifestyle changes. You know, I believe that the Christian community has always been the most generous community through the ages. It is and has always been the trademark of God's people. The sharing of their possessions in the book of Acts was a great witness to the sharing of the gospel because it shows a life that has been transformed. In Richard Foster's book, Money, Sex, Power, The Challenge of the Disciplined Life, he quotes Martin Luther, who said that when we are converted to Jesus, we undergo three conversions. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of our mind, and the conversion of our wallet. When the Holy Spirit comes, 
into our lives, one of the things that we'll notice and experience is how our viewpoint towards money changes. Dear brothers and sisters, how can we grow in becoming even more generous? Are there needs in our sphere of influence that we can meet with the resources that we have? Do we own a piece of property or do we own pieces of properties that can be used to bless another rather than to keep it to ourselves? 1 John 3.17 says this, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You know, I know of people in our church who are very generous with their possessions, whether it's with a car or with a housing property that they own, that when they hear of a need in our church community or in our community, offers it to others free of charge or at a very reduced price that is well below market value. I also know some of you who are very generous with your giving, with your offering to God and to the church, that you give beyond your tithe. I heard one pastor say that tithing is never about the dollars, but about the devotion. It's less about percentage and more about our love for God. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7, Paul says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So first, we must make a choice between two treasures, earthly or heavenly. Second, a choice between two visions of life, greed or generosity. And third, a choice between two masters, money or God. Jesus asks us to choose between these two masters. He says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We cannot have divided loyalties with God. Wealth and possessions are a rival. The Bible warns us over and over and over again to guard against greed and covetousness. First Timothy 6, 9 to 10 says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Jesus says that we must choose between God and money. We cannot have it both ways. Do we serve God or do we serve money? Do we use money to serve God or do we use God to serve our desire for money? In Matthew 19, the rich young man 
loved his money more than God. Now, the issue is not that a young man was rich. That was not the issue. But that he treasured his riches more than he treasured his relationship with God. The young man left sad because he was very rich. He chose the world's treasure as he was unwilling to make Jesus his treasure. The young man was very religious, but Jesus exposed his heart of greed and his real God. Dear brothers and sisters, let us not worship wealth, but let us worship God with our wealth. Let us not, let us not love money, but let us love people and show love to others with our money. Paul said to the Corinthian believers in chapter 8, verse 7, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Why do we serve the God of money? Why do we serve the God of materialism? Is it not because we want success? We feel good about ourselves in the way that we dress, in what we drive, in where we dine, and in how we live. We want power and control over our lives so we can get what we want. We can achieve independence, be our own God. Ask yourself these questions. What is the most valuable thing in my life? What have I invested in? Where have I spent my money, my resources? We need to pray that will fall out of love with money and fall deeper in love with Jesus. But you may say, if I was to choose God as my master, and I put my value and my source of security in heaven, who will look after my everyday needs? On verses 25 to 34, Jesus addresses the matter of our worry and anxiety. That can come from our uncertainties of money. So first, we must make a choice between two treasures, earthly or heavenly. Second, a choice between two visions of life. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Two visions of life, greed or generosity. Third, a choice between two, I keep on mixing these slides up, two masters. Money or God? And then fourth, a choice between two lifestyles, worry or faith. Our worry, our anxiety is rooted in the choices that we make in life. In regards to our treasures, our visions, and our masters, by storing up treasures on earth, by being greedy, and having our eyes fixed on worldly desires by serving some other God or master, we will have anxiety 
because these do not bring about security. Freedom from anxiety and worry comes when we make different choices in life. Security and peace comes when we put our faith and trust in God. So Jesus says in chapter 6 from Matthew 25 to 32, Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. You see, worry is part of the way of life of those who do not know God because they rely on their own strength instead of relying on God. They do not realize that our Heavenly Father knows what we need, so they try to do it for themselves because they don't expect it from God. But we're to be different because we know God and we know that He loves us and He will help us in our time of need because He knows our need. For those of you who have teenagers, I'm, I don't think I'm talking to too many who are here in church, but for those of you who have teenagers at home, you know how much they eat, right? And, and so as parents, we're always thinking of them and, and making sure that they have enough food in the fridge. I know because my wife, Deb, and I did this when our son was still a teenager and living at home at that time with us. We'd always make sure that there's enough food for him in the fridge for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, for his two or three snacks that he has during the day. You know, actually come to think of it, we're still doing that now, even though he's married and he's moved away from home. We're still thinking about him and now, now also thinking about his wife as well, making sure that they have enough food and drink and enough clothes to wear. Dear brothers and sisters, how much more our Father in heaven knows what it is that we need and supplies it to us in our time of need. Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So instead of worrying, spending all of our time worrying, would, would they make the kingdom of God the center of our daily activities and priorities? We're to live with kingdom principles, with kingdom goals, kingdom values, and kingdom ambitions. We're living with, um, we're not to seek after material possessions, wealth, selfish living, which causes anxiety and worry, but instead we're to pursue God 
and the things of God, to live in that kingdom and allow it to shape our decisions, our time, our purchases, our investments, and even our dealings with people. To have one consuming passion, spending all of our time for God's glory and God's kingdom and not be torn and divided between so many things, so many concerns, so many tasks, so many other gods. Our allegiance is to the one true God. G.K. Chesterton, a theologian, said that the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year, is that we should have a new soul. How can we spend less time worrying about our bank account and more time serving the needy? Less time being anxious about our future and more time visiting the sick or being more prayerful for others' eternity. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Martin Luther, in commenting on this, said this. He said that God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. The key to this phrase is when the time comes. You may say, I don't know what I'll do if I was to lose my spouse. It'll not be easy. But strength will arrive when the time comes. I don't know what I'll do if my kids leave home. You will when the time comes. I don't know what I'll do if I don't graduate or get into that program that I applied for. God will show you when the time comes. The key to meeting today's problems is with today's strength. Don't start tackling tomorrow's problems until tomorrow. You do not have tomorrow's strength yet. You simply have enough for today. As we close our service uh, today, I'd like to ask our worship team to come up. And as they do so, I'd like to invite us, I would like to invite us to re-surrender, to recommit our lives to the Lord at the beginning of this new year. Let us return to the Lord in what we do and in how we live our lives by choosing to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, by choosing to be a generous person that uses our resources to, to bless others, by choosing to, to follow the Lord as our one and only master, and by choosing to live by faith in God and not be overcome by worry in our daily lives. So let us put our lives upon the altar once again and do the things we did at first. When we first surrendered our lives, our whole being to God, when we first fell in love with Jesus and we wanted to please and obey Him with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul and all our strength, Lord, we are your people, and you are our God. We re-surrender our lives. 
we re-surrender ourselves to you afresh and anew this morning. Praise God's church, let's stand and worship the Lord together. We'll be singing a new song today. It's called Resurrender. We'll sing the chorus together. It's like we are your people. We are your people. You are God. We are your temple. Make us holy like you people you are God we are your temple make us holy like you Please you. 
difficult two years I know I felt it <laughs> I felt times when I just didn't feel like worshiping the Lord times where I didn't feel like praying times that I felt like my prayers were not heard times where I just was not red hot passionate for the Lord these past two years has been difficult we have not been able to gather as God's people together not be able to declare his glory and praise with all our might and strength we may be disillusioned with what's happening in the world maybe even disillusioned with God we've been 
for lack of a better word, wandering and wondering what God is up to. Our eyes have been taken off the Lord and onto other things, on the things that may have stolen our heart away from the Lord. So I don't know where you are this morning, whether you're in the sanctuary here or whether you're at home online, but I know that the Lord is calling us back. The Lord desires our worship. The Lord desires to be present in your life each and every day, even during this time of the pandemic. The Lord desires that we put our faith and hope in Him, not to over-worry. And so as we end the service today, as an act of obedience and faith to God, if your desire is to resurrender yourself, to return to the Lord, to recommit yourselves to the Lord afresh and anew today, to say, Lord God, you are my God. I cast out all the other things that have come into my life that have stolen my heart away from you. Lord God, my prayers have been cold, but God, draw me back into your presence that there be fervency in my prayers, that my prayer for my family, for my unsaved relatives, oh God, will burn red hot because we know that their hope is in you and not in the things of this world. And so Lord, we come in a posture of humility, in a posture of asking, posture of desiring to return to you, to resurrender our lives to you. Let us sing the song once through again. And as we do so, express your desire to the Lord. Express your desire to the Lord in whatever way you feel appropriate to return, to resurrender yourselves unto the Lord this year. Let's sing, let's worship, let's give of ourselves to the Lord as we end off our service.
Thank you, Lord, for hearing our cry. Thank you, Lord, for hearing the desires of our hearts. Lord God, you see inside of us. You see us, you see our needs. You see all that we are before you. We lay our lives bare before you, God. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for desiring to draw us back into yourself. And so our desire, as we, even as we go now, is to worship you and you alone, to bring our treasures before you, to bring our visions of life before you. Lord, you are our master. We place our hope in you and not in the things of this world. Thank you, Lord God. You're a God worthy of our praise. Thank you for loving us. Let us honor you with our lives. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. In your name we pray. Amen. Go in peace, everyone. <laughs>